0: Graduates um, here have been here maybe four years, maybe 20 years. You know, like, like, what what do you want to say? And really, the deeper thing that the Lord laid on my heart was this. He's like, really, just offer the Mass for them. And invite them always to live their life rooted in the Eucharist. Like, just offer the Mass for them. The source and the summit of the Christian life. A real, tangible participation in the passion of Jesus Christ, offering Himself to the Father for our salvation and the sanctification of the world. And the particular intention for this Mass tonight is for you and for your growth in sanctity today and all the days of your life. That wherever you may go from here, again, that you will be rooted in the most holy Eucharist. And that your faith in the Lord, your participation in the sacraments, your receiving Him, will continue to change you, will continue to conform you to the mind and heart of Christ and that other people who come into contact with you will notice something different even in the midst of all your humanity even in the midst of sin if you're rooting yourself in the most holy Eucharist in Jesus himself body, blood, soul, and divinity here in the Mass it is impossible for you to not be changed and sanctified. And this is not just like doing the discipline of honoring the Sabbath and coming to Mass, but approaching the holy sacrifice of the Mass with an open and disposition of faith. Jesus, you are real, and you are here. And that this is not just some symbol or some ritual that we do as Catholics. That this is a real invitation and a participation in your divine life. In your passion offered for me. That's not just a remembrance, but space and time, right? You're opening up space and time in what you did 2,000 years ago that we are present at the Last Supper, that we are present at Calvary, that we are present in the upper room at the resurrection, Lord. Here and now. And that you and all of that power are present to us here. And it's life-changing, literally. Literally. And the Lord has offered his life for you. And he's given the gift of the sacraments for you. We think of this, I think sometimes, like there's a reality of Jesus offered his life for us. That God loves us. And it is everyone. Like it is everyone. But it's not just everyone. It's each individual person as well. This is the amazing power of God's infinite love that he can love everyone and every individual person uniquely and perfectly. So tonight, too, another thing I want to impress upon your hearts. It's not like you haven't heard it out of my mouth before, but, you know, like experts say maybe you learned this in one of your classes. You have to hear something seven times before you really remember it. Jesus, when they asked him how many times you have to forgive, he's like seven times, 77 times. I'm like, Jesus is smarter than the experts, right? We just like say these things over and over again. It is hard for us. It is is easier for us to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, God loves everybody like he's the Lord. But because of our fallen human nature and the lies of the enemy, it is hard for us to believe and then to receive Jesus actually loving me like me as I am right now not as I want to be not as I hope to be but me in my imperfection in my character flaws and in my sin That what Jesus says tonight, so this is just the gospel passage for today. At the Last Supper, again, when Jesus told his disciples, he's saying to you, as the Father loves me, so I also love you. That should blow our minds every time we hear it. We're talking about the Holy Trinity. We're talking about the Father who is perfect God, and the Son, who is perfect God. And the love between them is an absolute perfection that we cannot grasp. And Jesus is proclaiming directly, right before his passion, as the Father loves me, I love you. And I've joked, and you've heard me joke about it. I was like, "Man, I'll like, I'll be blown away if He was like half as much as the Father loves me. I love you. I'm like, I cannot even receive half of it. Like, I can't comprehend half of it. And you're saying it's all. Like, do you know me? And we say this to our, do we say this to ourselves? We say this to our, like, do, to me. Like, do you know me? I'm like, um, yes, He does. All right, yes. And he chooses to love, and he chooses, because it's not based on our performance. It is not based on our performance. It is not based on our performance. It is based on the heart of the Father. Now, sin is real, and sin has real consequences. This is why Jesus continues, says, remain in me. And how do we remain in him? By keeping his commandments, because sin does have consequences. But a consequence of sin is not this, right? Sin cannot change the heart of the Father. It can remove us from communion. Grave sin, mortal sin that we commit, right? It takes us out of a state of grace. And we need to repent and go to confession to be established again in this relationship of grace with the Lord. But it never changes the heart of the Father. When the prodigal son ran away, when he left home, he... The love in the Father for him was unchanged. Unchanged. And we have to believe this ever more profoundly in the depths of our souls. Because this is what begins to free us and empower us to really grow in sanctity. Do we need to grow in virtue? Yes, we do. Do y'all need to grow in virtue? Yes, you do. Just like me, right? Yes. But that's not a prerequisite for the Lord loving. And it's actually like when we let him love us in our sin. St. Paul, Romans 5, 8, God proves his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died died for us. When we let him love us, then that's like a powerful movement towards virtue because he's giving the grace. Instead of moving from an unhealthy fear that I need to earn it. The fear of the Lord that scripture speaks about is moved from a place of the love of the power of the Holy Spirit, is honor and reverence of God. Not this unhealthy fear that I have to earn it. And so, lest I go on for two more hours. Martha, Martha. You are anxious and worried about many things. You're graduating. Some of you know what you're doing and some of you don't. It's a time of transition and you have to expect it's normal to feel anxiety and worry. But there is need of only one thing. There's one thing necessary. And that is to sit at the feet of Jesus and to be more attentive to him than any other voice in your life anything and as we do that then he fills us with his divine life and we enter into our vocation we enter into our job we enter into relationships rooted in the love that christ has for me well what happens to me and what people say affect me yes we're human yeah but when we're rooted in christ it does not get to our core Graduates, you and I and all of us can be anxious and worried about many things. But there is one thing necessary. The Lord Jesus Christ. And he's manifest most profoundly in the Holy Eucharist. Remain in him. Remain in Him. As the Father loves the Son, the Most Holy Trinity loves you unchangeably. Never doubt that truth.